we got a green light. Yay, God. I mean, there's sound coming out, which is a good word. Sound is good, huh? Yeah, green lights are good. That's a good word, Shelly. <laughs> and I, I believe that's prophetic. I, I, I believe we're in a green light season. And it started when Jesus rose from the dead. <laughs> it's been a long season. <laughs> it started when he, when he sent his Holy Spirit and empowered us to be witnesses. There's a big green light. <laughs> there are different seasons, though, even with the green light, isn't there? There's different seasons in our life. And, and um, we're in a great season now. And um, we, are, we are really... Um, Really blessed, Amy and I and the family, Chelsea. Amy, can you just wave? I'm sure there might be somebody who doesn't know you yet. It's my wife, Amy. And uh, yeah, it's okay if you clap for her. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want you to feel like you had to restrain that. This is my daughter, Chelsea, here. And, and um, <laughs> give a wave, Chelsea. I'm see a beautiful face. And um, I think a lot of you know, but... Uh, but yeah, that's us. We've been, uh, Amy and I have been uh, married for going on 22 years, coming up in August, 22 years. And our son Josh turns 21 uh, at the end, well, on the 19th of this month, coming right up. And so he's our oldest, and then Caitlin's 19, Chelsea's 15, and we have little Molly over next door, six. And um, you'll have to hear that story sometime because it is such a powerful testimony of God's redemption and restoration and uh, I look forward to sharing that with you and I know that uh, we are in a season of fruit and uh, and redemption and restoration and harvest and um, we are so excited to be coming on board with Mountain Chapel at such a time as this and and uh, and uh, we are aware of the great history of this place. And, um, and, you know, I preached a while back, um, the first time after the official proposal was made after the vote, and, and we, we um, confidently and joyfully accepted this invitation. And it was an invitation from you, but we know it's an invitation from the Lord. And uh, we are so excited for that. And um, I'm bursting this morning i probably have a i have a i have a message here and um but i probably have five that are going on inside of me so that's the struggle and uh, and uh, so do i oh, we're gonna be okay but you know what happy mother's day and um happy mother's day and uh and i just want to agree with with um Cameron and, and everyone else that's, that's prayed and had a chance to share. But I tell you, I'm so thankful for my mom. I, I would say my mom is my chief intercessor all my life. I, I definitely owe my life to her because she gave birth to me. And uh, as Cameron said, where would we be without our moms? <laughs> Non-existent. And, uh, but, uh, but, uh, but I, I, I'm sure I owe my life to her several other times just because of her prayers uh, in my life. And, and so just so thankful, not only for, for my mom, but the, um, the other mothers along the way, you know, that, 
that I know growing up in church all those years, there were, there were probably some men praying too, but I know for a fact there were some women praying for us. And um, when we were making foolish decisions as, as young people, yet these women, I remember a woman named Ruth McLeod, and, um, and uh, she was one of, the, one of the elders in the church, had been there a long time. And um, interestingly enough, kind of a fun fact, it was the Assemblies of God Church in Clear Lake, California. It's called First Assembly of God, and um, it was planted by a, a woman, uh, a couple with the last name of McFeeders, and they were in the church most all the years that I was there, and it was really neat, and I think it's a great picture of the kingdom when you've got legacy like that. There was at one point three of the former pastors in the congregation, and, and it never, ever was one time awkward in any way. It was a part of our rich heritage. And, uh, and it, was, it was amazing. And so there we had our founders sitting there. And anyway, there was a woman named Ruth McLeod. And um, one day she actually lived across the street and down a couple houses in the neighborhood. And I was, uh, oh man, how old? I guess I was in junior high probably at the time. And I think it was one of the days that I, got, I thought I got left in the rapture. And uh, <laughs> be honest, how many of you ever thought that in your life? Come on. And some of you, yeah. But <laughs> thanks a lot, you know. Thanks a lot for scaring us. But anyway, um, but <laughs> I literally thought I got left behind a few times. And um, they were heavy in those movies, like showing us. Anyway, won't go into that. But um, um, <laughs> anyway. I'm like, how many times is Jesus coming back? Anyway, just think about that question for a minute. But, uh, but <laughs> you know, I mean, he's beaming us up one time. That's the second coming, right? That he's coming to put in. That's three. That doesn't add up. Anyway, so anyway, but Jesus is coming back. We're meeting him in the sky, and we know that for sure. But, um, but so I went, I ran across the street, and... Uh, and, you know, it was actually the conviction of the Holy Spirit just getting a hold of me at a, at a young man, at a young age. And I went across to Ruth McLeod's house, knocked on her door and um, just asked her to pray with me. And, and um, she prayed with me in that living room. And, and um, later on, she very soon after that, she bought me like my first really nice Bible. And it was this thin line, brown leather, new international version Bible and um, and I got it and then uh, it it sat there for a couple of years until I really surrendered to Jesus and then the pages fell out and the cover wore off and I had to get another one so um, but you know women like that those are mothers and and I love the mention I was thinking of that verse that says um, even blessed are the barren women because many are their children and. And I love that that was said a little bit ago. And even if you have children in the kingdom, you get a whole bunch more. And um, and so, um, is there? Uh, do we have like? Give oh, you know what? Give a piece of paper, man. I've got this gum in my mouth. Sorry for the awkwardness. I I usually spit it out before I get up. I'm I'm gonna need more than that. <laughs> Thanks, babe. Save the day. Thank you, babe. And um, so let's pray. Lord, we thank you for your presence today. We thank you for Mother's Day. And we thank you that uh, 
mothers represent a part of your nature. And that you, God, you're, you are a teacher and you are nurturing and you are comforting and you give wisdom. And, and in many ways, the mothers and the women around us, as well as the men, but the women really carry that in a strong way. And, uh, and so, Father, we thank you for your nature that's being reflected. And we do honor the mothers today. I pray that you just be so richly blessed today and going forward. And, uh, in Jesus' name, amen. I love that Cameron hit on that, that thing that was so, that's so powerful. Of that it is just like the accuser, isn't it? To try to get in on a celebration day and ruin it with a little bit of lies. And, um, and uh, I think as parents, as mothers and fathers, sometimes um, we can be hard on ourselves. And, uh, and the Lord really spoke to me, um, you know, uh, in a season where I think when you're, you know, if you make a mistake as a, as a parent, you know, one of the values I have is, I mean, I'm not perfect, but I'm going to take responsibility, you know. And so if I, if I, if I get snappy and... And, you know, maybe snap at Chelsea or something. And you know what? I, I'm like, you know, you just take responsibility for that. And I think, I think that's a big part of leadership is that you just do what you want, what you believe others should do. And, and so, you know, you just ask your kids to forgive you. And that's all fine. That's part of the journey, you know. And, and um, I think that's humans living with humans. And, and uh, we have a perfect God. But, and we're all seen perfectly before the Father. But... None of us are manifesting that perfection to each other quite yet. And, uh, <laughs> and some of us are some of us more than others, I guess. And, and that's amazing. But um, uh, but the Lord really spoke to me one time because I think as parents, sometimes we're looking for what we should have done or shouldn't have done. And and I don't know why we I, I think I do know why we do that. I think because if we can figure out that it was our fault, maybe there's something we can do about it to fix whatever it is or change whatever it is that. We want to see improved. And um, and the Lord just spoke to me one day. I was just really raking myself over the coals some years ago, a few years ago. And, and the Lord said, what are you doing? And uh, I was out on a run. And God speaks to me when I'm out running and uh, other times. But really when I get out there and, and he says, what are you doing? And I just went, whoa. He caught me, you know. And I said, uh, <laughs> I didn't really have an answer, you know. And, and he goes, are you looking for... Like you're just thinking about what I what I should have done or what I could have done and and differently and and um, he said what are you doing what happens if you find something that you did that that you could have changed what do you have then a reason why I can't move a reason why I can't redeem or I can't move in power you have a reason now to be, and, and I thought, oh, what am I doing? And the Lord just began to speak to me in that season. And, and, he, and he, you know what I realized is this, is that even if you were perfect, you're still not God. And, and, and even if you were a perfect parent, which I've, I've met some that seem like they nearly are, but, but you know they're not because, anyways, there's only one who's really perfect so far. And... Um, we're all we're all getting there, and um, it's a good word. We're all getting there, but but uh, I realized, and the Lord said, you know, even if you could be a perfect parent and never make one mistake and do every single thing right at every moment, it would never be a substitute for me touching your children. Every human being needs to have a personal encounter with the living God, 
And, and no human being can, is a substitute for that, no matter how perfect. And I thought, oh, praise God, that really does lift the load, you know. And I thought, you know what, actually, that sounds like a lot, that sounds a lot like the gospel after all, doesn't it? Like the whole point of the gospel is, the whole, the whole message of the gospel is, is that we need a Savior. And, and that, that there are gaps in all of our lives, but the grace of God fills it in. And, and the beauty of that is that when the grace of God fills that, in that crack, it's better than it ever would have been if there wasn't a crack in the first place. And, and that's, that's what he does. You know, he, he doesn't put it how it should have been. He goes, oh, it, that'll actually be the best part after this. And, and that's going to be a place where my glory actually radiates, you know. And, and the, story, the story with Molly is a great one. We'll tell it later, though, because it's a specific message. But, um, but it's a great story of redemption. And I, just, I felt that in worship, that to release that, that we are in a season of fruitfulness here at Mountain Chapel and redemption. And, um, and uh, this number 17... <laughs> I'm, I think what I'm going to do today, you guys, I'm going to read this scripture and we're going to touch this message. But I really feel it to, to share from the heart today. Is that, would that be okay with you guys? And, um, and so uh, not as much line by line today, but I want to highlight what, what I'm feeling in my heart about what God is doing. And, and uh, I can tell you this, I'm so excited about the future here. We are just looking forward to, to being up here, living here. And um, it is time for us, you guys, to be. We're so excited about Weaverville and Mountain Chapel. And so uh, thank you for having us. And, and thank for for the invitation. And, and we know that we're con- we know it's God. And, um, and so, uh, yay. Um, you know, I, I, I just keep hearing this phrase in my spirit, fire in the mountains. And, and, um, and you know... Uh, I'll read a verse today. That way, if we don't get into any of the other verses, we'll have read a verse. And, um, and so Luke 17, <laughs> 20 and 21 says this. Now, having been questioned by the Pharisees as to when the kingdom of God was coming, he answered them and said, the kingdom of God is not coming. Uh, it does not come with observation. That's actually the literal translation. I like the New American Standard, what I have here, but... Um, Anyway, this is a better translation to read it this way. Um, it says, uh, this says, with signs to be observed, but we know that signs and wonders are a manifestation of the kingdom. So we don't want you to be confused with that kind of a sign. Um, but other translations say that the kingdom of God does not come by observation. Because they were going, when's the kingdom going to get here? And he goes, well, it doesn't get here by just standing around asking questions. And, 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 you know, and most of their questions just had reasons why the kingdom wasn't there anyway. You know, like they didn't really have authentic questions. The, the Pharisees, they, they had, they had grilling questions that were meant to prove that Jesus was not the Messiah and why God was not moving and why the kingdom was not now. And this is, and so you can ask all the questions in the world, I find with God, but the difference, the, the difference is the heart that it comes from, you know? And what a great example of that is reasoning, right? Uh, you know, he, one of the things that Jesus busted the Pharisees on is he says, he's standing there talking to him. Here's Jesus, the Son of God, the manifestation of the Father, revealing the kingdom through every single thing he does and says. And, and yet 
they're there with problems and they're thinking all these suspicious thoughts about Jesus. And you know what I'm saying? You know it's bad when somebody has a miracle healing and then you've never seen a miracle healing, you've never seen anybody do a miracle healing. All of a sudden, a miracle healing happens and you're like, yeah, but you shouldn't have done it on Saturday. <laughs> you're like, you're like, you know, you know you got a problem. And uh, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? One thing about offense is if I'm offended, I got a problem, you know, and it's okay. We all get offended for a minute, but you don't want to stay that way. And I think the core value is this. When I'm offended, I got a problem. And it's okay if you need to be offended for a minute. You don't need to be, but if you want to be for a minute, my, my suggestion is to be open with God about it, though, and talk to him. Because the answer to offense is hearing God's truth. And, um, and so he has a good perspective. And the thing about offense is that you're out until you're over your offense. You're not out of the kingdom. You're not out of the family. You're not out of his love. You're just out of the flow of what he's doing. And, uh, and so, that's a different message. So, um, so, nor will they say, look, here it is, or there it is, for behold, the kingdom of God is in your midst, or it's within you. Oh, it's so good. And, um, and so, we're going to take a week, I think, or two coming up to really share I want to share the journey of, uh, I know I've been threatening to do this for a while, but I want to share the journey of how the Lord had spoken to us over the course of a year um, and in confirmation with coming to Weaverville. And it's amazing. And there were dreams and prophetic words everywhere. And, and, um, but it all started last summer. Um, well, I'd been feeling stirred for probably about a year. And... Um, and in that year of stirring, I had the best year that I'd ever had in the school of ministry as a pastor there, which I just graduated my final revival group. Isn't that amazing? Yay, God. We had a couple of them right here, Veronica and Olive. And, um, and so, um, <clears throat> but last year I went into the summer and Amy and I were uh, in bed one summer evening just relaxing. And I know you remember this. I I said, hey, um, I don't want to make you nervous, but I feel a change. I, mean, I think I need a change. And, um, and, uh, and I said, I think I have one more year as a revival group pastor. And, um, and I just felt it so strong. And I said, I won't do anything crazy, so don't worry. God has to speak and God has to lead us, um, you know, and, and I won't walk the plank. I'm not... I'll do this for the rest of my life if this is what Jesus asked me to do. But I do feel that there's a change coming. And, and she said, okay, well, let's pray. And so we took hands and we prayed. We said, Lord, whatever you have, we thank you for opening the door, for, for speaking to us. And um, powerful. It turned out to be the Lord. It was, this was my final year. And um, <clears throat> I had a, a dream back then. It was an interesting dream. Um, and now I know that it has to do with um, it's, the dream is actually for, for us here at Mountain Chapel. And uh, in the dream, God uses people in your dreams to speak to you about certain things. And, and so in, in the dream, I've been asked to preach by Eric. And, um, and so I got up to the pulpit. And when I got there, Bill... Johnson was kind of, I think he was on this, yeah, he was on this side, like sitting on a stool. And Bill never really looked at me. He was just kind of like looking out 
He was just there, like as a fatherly presence, you know. And um, just looking out, Eric was Eric was also there. I came up, and then Bill was, and then, and then it was just Eric and I. And Eric asked me a question, and or I said, Eric, how long do you want me to preach? And he says, he says, well, how long are you gonna how long are you gonna pray? And I gave him an answer, and he gave me an answer about a, a time, and and I said, okay, great, and um, and so. I got ready to preach. <clears throat> oh, I forgot to tell you this. The church actually looked like the Assemblies of God church that I grew up in that I mentioned earlier. But it wasn't that place. But you know how dreams are like that. And God uses that to speak. And I know now that it was about home church and even the roots of AG, which, which um, Mountain Chapel has, has those. And, and um, <clears throat> so I, I look over. And on this side, over here to my left, I'm, I was up. And then Sean Bowles was sitting there. Uh, and Sean, Sean goes, you guys know who Sean Bowles is? Anybody not? He's a, he's a prophet. And, and um, <clears throat> Sean's motioning to me. So everybody's moving around, finding their seats. I'm getting ready to preach. Sean's motioning to me. He has a word for me. And I'm like thinking, Sean, this is an awkward moment. I, I don't know if I should, if I get down, nobody will be up here, you know. And, um, and I thought, well, maybe I can slip. I really wanted the word. You know what I'm saying? I really wanted the word of the Lord. How many just love to hear the word of the Lord for your life? We live by it, right? We live by that. Like, we are a prophetic church, and, and we live by what God is saying. And, um, and so I'm like, i got to have that word. And I thought, well, maybe they're still moving around. Maybe I can slip down. Sean can give me the word real quick, and I can get back up just in time to preach. People are hitting their seats. And so I slip down there. As I get over next to Sean, Sean kind of stands up. And, and we're right about here. Whew, feel the presence of the Lord. Amy does too. I saw that. And, um, and so, uh, and so uh, Sean gets up and, and I'm like, getting ready to receive the word. And he can't get any words out. And he starts to kind of go like, and I've never seen Sean like that. I've heard him speak. And, and he was like, I, uh, uh, and he was just, and I'm looking at him. I'm going, what's going on? And I realized he's intoxicated with the presence of the Lord. Like, he's overcome by the Holy Spirit in such a way that he could just mumble. And I was like, I'm like, I'm trying to figure out why this is happening. And I know it's God, but I'm like, I couldn't figure out. I'm like, is, am I? I anyway, I was just trying to figure out what was happening. Is this the word? Is, and, and he's really trying to give me the word. And finally, I go, Sean, I get up there. Can, can we reconnect? And he kind of said yes so i went up i get to the front and as i turn like this the place had erupted and the, everybody was like holy spirit mayhem like people were just it was like people were literally running around the room going and like and like uh, people were doing all kinds of different stuff but but the holy spirit had broke out in the room and i and i looked and i i had like a half a second where i thought I still preach the message. And instead, I just, I just went, yay, God. And I just yelled. And then that was it. I, I, I decided to dive in because God was doing something. And, and that is what we do. And, and I, I'm looking forward to, um, to much more of that together. And uh, we always want to be doing what he's doing. You know? And, um, and, and everything that we do in the church and in our own lives are a response to what it is we see that he is doing. 
And sometimes when we're offended, it's not a message about offense, but I just know in my in my life that like sometimes when I'm offended, it's because I'm thinking more about myself than what God is doing. Offense always has to do with my way. It always does. Every time I'm offended, it's because it's not going my way. And, and, and I, as much as I hate to admit that, that is the truth. And, and, and I, might, I might be offended actually for good reason. Sometimes you're offended for good reason, right? But, but offense, you know, anger, the anger of man doesn't produce the righteousness of God. So it's okay to be angry about something. Sometimes you find out, eh, I kinda, that was an overreaction. A lot of times, especially when you lose your temper, you find that out, you know. And um, but it's okay to be angry or offended. It's, it's just that it won't produce the righteousness of God. So you got to get past that before you can partner with what it is He's doing. And 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 I'm just really looking forward. And uh, you know, the message that I had this morning. Um, well, let me tell you one more dream. Um, so this is this is really cool. And um, so. This year, I'm whole, while we're in this process of meeting the elders and talking to you guys and meeting with Cameron and doing, and we're aiming, we're praying and and um, and the whole process. I haven't told anybody. I hadn't even told my third year, my interns yet, um, what was happening. And and um, so one of them comes to me this and she says, "I had a dream about you last night." And I said, "Oh," she said, "Yeah." And I have it recorded on my phone. And she said, she said, you were in a forest teach, teaching people and training or teaching. And, and you were leading them through like an obstacle course. And, and, and she said there were three pregnant women in the dream, which is symbolic. And one of them was Caroline, who was on my team. And sometimes I love how God puts actually people that are connected to you in your dream as well. And, she, and they said, you looked over at Caroline. She was going through the course and you saw that she was maybe struggling. So you ran over and you kind of like playfully went to like kind of playfully tackle her and encourage her that she could do it. And then you realized when you got to her, she was in labor. And I was like, whoa, wait a minute. And then I, I said, OK, hold on. And I started getting let's get her to the hospital. And they said. The baby was coming so quick that the leg just came right out the side. And, um, and, and, we, and then I was like, whoa, I tucked the baby in and like put the, and, uh, in the dream. And, and um, we got into the hospital. She had the baby and it was, it was amazing. And there were three other pregnant women in the dream. And, and Mountain Chapel, I think you're pregnant. And um, I, I, think, I think that um, there have been, um, t- there's been a lot of intimacy and a lot of sewing here and I think that we we are we are pregnant with something that's on the Lord's heart and and um, and all we have to do is is I I believe just what Mary did Lord let it be unto us according to your word and we don't have to know how it's going to happen and we don't know we don't have to know what we're going to do in a month or in two months but we we, we will we can know that we will know what to do and and that and the most important thing, because Mary could have had so many questions, right? And um, I mean, John the Baptist's dad kind of got the same encounter, a similar encounter that Mary got. Very different, very different <laughs> uh, outcomes to those encounters, right? <laughs> this is like, 
John, you're gonna, you know, you're gonna have a baby. His name's gonna be John. But uh, I got all these questions. You better not talk anymore. And, um, and you know, Mary, Mary goes, uh, you know, Mary comes and she, she's like, she knows this is impossible in human terms, and but she says, let it be according to your word, Lord. Let it be unto me according to your word. Now I'm not able, but I know that you are, and and um, and so it's a time of of an outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And, um, you know, uh, we popped up here on, on, um, a Monday, a few weeks back, Cameron and the guys were, um, ministering and building in, uh, in Kona. And I popped up here on a Wednesday to, to connect with some people. And it turned out to be an amazing day of like divine connections and, uh, built, beginning to build connection with, with people here. And, Eva and I got got to sit down and talk for a while, which was good. And I didn't only knew Eva in passing, and so we we got some good time to connect a bit. And then I met, um, talked some more with Jeanette and some of the ladies at the women's ministry that was being set up right in here on Monday morning, which is an amazing ministry, right? And uh, such a good work that that she's doing, and um, and a really cool thing. Uh, there's a, a woman who came in just just seemingly randomly just walked in. and But what we know is that God brought her in. Remember that, Jeanette? And is she still connecting with you at all? So beautiful. And she, within the last month, has dedicated her life to Jesus. And yay, you know, let's cheer for that. Thank you, Father. And... Her whole life is being turned around, and, and it was a divine appointment. God brought her in. Just She just came here, walked up, and I had a chance to meet her in the back there and pray for Holy Spirit to come and touch her. And and, um, and a couple weeks ago at a service, I uh, gave, just gave a, a chance for salvation at the end, and a, and a man came up, um, and I think he was up from the Coffee Creek area, and, and you know, he responded to... To an invitation to um, to reconnect with the Lord, to recommit his life to the Lord, and he came up and we stood here. Fenton and Daniel and I ended up praying for him, and um, and uh, you know it was amazing. Like tears just flowed as he shared about how he was so sorry that he'd been away from God, but he'd experienced some heartache in his life, and 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 uh, you know he I, he probably wasn't surrounded by by Believers, or maybe he left. I don't know what happened, but for whatever reason, he found himself isolated, angry at the loss of a family member, which is a painful, painful thing. But he was just up here going, I don't know why I did that. I don't know why I disconnected from the Lord. And with in tears, just responding to the love of the Lord. And um, and I share those because I it's a theme. And I'm like, well, that's two. I'm like, no, that's what, that's what God is doing. That's what God's doing. And and um, because we didn't do that. We didn't. She, the lady walked up. He walked in. God is doing this. And and so I, I just know that it's a time of harvest. And um, and uh, and so um, we're excited about going forward and uh, and just seeing more and more of that. Um, you know. In terms of the kingdom, um, I think that one of the mistakes that we as the church have made 
Um, and I, I love the church, so it's not like a... But I, I do think one of the distractions that we had some decades back is that um, we, we quit releasing the kingdom and started trying to build the church. And, and, uh, and we, you know, how many, how many know that that actually is one of the tricks of the religious spirit to try to get us to expect God to do the part he commissioned us to do? And, and we try to do what God said he would do. Have you ever noticed that? You, you try, we trade with God. And, he, and he's like, you know what I'm saying? He's like, we, we're like, yeah, Lord, just anyway. So, um, and so, and, and, and so specifically in this case, what I'm talking about is how uh, Jesus said, the kingdom is within you. And when you preach, I want you to preach that the kingdom is at hand. And then I want you to demonstrate. I want you to, I want you to heal the sick, raise the dead, cast out devils. Lord, freely you have received, now freely give it away. Give it away. He didn't say anything about trying to get him to join a club or anything. He just, he just said, release the kingdom. And now, and now I believe in church growth. I, I believe in, I mean, the fact is, the more people that come to Jesus, the more of us there's going to be hanging around with each other. And when you come into the family, the family grows. But, but I think one of the things that we've done is... Um, is that this? Does that sound? I can use that instead. Yeah, God. And um, and so Jesus said, "The kingdom is within you." And then he and then he said, "Of Simon, upon this rock, I will build my church." And so Jesus builds the church. We release the kingdom, right? And that makes a lot more sense to me. And I realize that's why that's why it's so hard to do God's job. And that's what religion is. Religion is when you're trying to do what only God can do. And But you know what happens anytime you're not taking ownership for your part? We even do this in relationships, don't we? Like, it's like, I'm just mad at what you're not doing. Well, I notice the more mad I get about what you're not doing, the less I do what I'm supposed to do. <laughs> you know? <laughs> you know? <laughs> I just noticed that about myself. So I don't know about you. Maybe you, you've never had that problem, but... But, you know, like the more upset I get with somebody else that they're not doing what I think they should be doing. You know what I mean? You know, you know, people get offended at the church and they're just like, well, the church should do this. Christians, you call yourself. And I'm like, but you're a Christian and listen to what you're doing. Like, you know what I, you know what I mean? And we can all do that. And so we don't want to trade jobs with God because we, we here's what we know. Whatever he's asked us to do, we are equipped to do. Whatever he's asked us to do, because it actually isn't about how good we are, it's a, it goes right back to doing what God is doing. And so it comes back to obedience. God said, I didn't ask if you were good at it. I just asked if you were willing. And, and, and so he says, sure, I'll do that, Lord. I'll, I'll put my hand on somebody and pray for them in town. I'll tell somebody that Jesus loves them. And you, you can do... I, I can't, well, here's what I can't decide, the outcome. I don't know if that guy's going to get saved. Right? I'm believing he's going to get healed when I lay hands on him, but I'm going to lay hands on him and see. And I, I believe that he will be. But, but, but what I do is I lay hands on people and then God heals them. What I do is I plant seeds and, and God gives increase. And I can water so I can plant seeds and I can love and I can pray and I can bless and I can speak. 
and, and all the while until the sun comes out, seeds don't sprout. And that is a rhyme. I didn't mean to do that. And so, um, and so I just wanted to share from the heart today a bit. I, I, I did not feel um, to preach this whole message, but, but I, I'm going to come back and preach this soon. But, but the gist of it is this, that Andrew White said it this way, part of the glory of God is the people that he gives us. And here's what I've noticed about that. I was sharing with Amy uh, on the way up uh, one day and, and just sharing about how blessed we are to have the people that we have here. All the ones we met, I'm like, oh my gosh, we're so rich here with potential and gifting and just really amazing, faithful, Jesus-loving faith. Not just faithful, but faith-filled people. And... Um, and uh, and so when we're doing what God is doing with the people that God has given us to do it with, then fruitfulness will abound. And, and so if, if we just love God and love each other and we listen to what he's saying and we're following, and, and that's no problem, guys, because that's, that's who you are, that's who we are, then we're going to see an outpouring. And, and, it, and it, it, I don't think it has anything to do with the size of, it goes without saying, but the size of town and the size of church and the size, none of that's really relevant. The only thing that's relevant is God is saying, I'm looking for a place that my kingdom can manifest more and more and more. Can I do it here? Like Jesus saying, I want to have a party. Can I throw it at your house? Well, I don't, I don't know. I don't really have anything for a party, Lord. No, no. <laughs> okay. So I want to throw a party. Can I come to your house and throw it? I got all the supplies. I already sent out invites. I've got all the help I need. You want us to help? No, I don't need help. Who wants to clean up? I got that covered too. You can I just come over and have my party and and that's revival. You know. And we're and we're <laughs> and we're in revival. Like we're not we're not waiting. I'm like, hey, when a guy comes forward and Gives his life to the Lord when people are walking in off the streets, when people are being refreshed by the Holy Spirit, that's revival. And, and the way that I found out that, because what I used to do is try really hard to get God to do more. You know, just try really hard, pray really hard. And, and I believe in praying, I just don't believe in praying really hard where it's painful. Because, because like it's beautiful to spend time with God and God's not work. God's delight. He's delight. He's delight. Being a Christian isn't hard work. It's not the easy road, but it's not hard work. Yeah. And that's another place that we we cross it over. You know, we, we we're like the Lord asks for obedience. And so sometimes our faith walk deter- calls us to make steps that are bigger than us. So it's uncomfortable. But it's simple. And so sometimes we're like, I'd rather make it super complicated and have it comfortable. And those are the two worlds. Those are the two options. It's like your way is complicated, but there's some kind of a false comfort there because you're in control of everything. But, but like, 
But my way, the Lord says, is it's so simple. I just I just ask you to believe me, to walk with me, to follow me. It's so simple, but oh, it'll stretch you at times. Like it'll it'll challenge you at times. But but that's just part of my plan to to grow you. And 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 don't worry, I'm with you. And I and I think that um, I really believe that uh, that sometimes those seasons in our life are harder than they have to be just because we're looking at it the wrong way. That's a good word. And so, um, so I just want to release a couple things today, prophetically, and um, and we're gonna we're gonna I'm gonna hand it over to Cameron, um, and um, and so um, so this just came to me today. I, I believe that um, you know, Second Corinthians five sixteen was one of the verses I had for today, but it, it talks about. No longer knowing one another after the flesh. Since we're all new creations, we don't look at each other with, with, a, with a natural perspective. And see, this is a key to what God has for us in the future going forward. And so what I saw was that God has given us eyes to see one another the way he sees us. And how many know that when we're living with humans on a journey with God, we need fresh eyes. Because sometimes we go, well, I know you. And you're like, you know me eight years ago. I've been walking with Jesus all that time. I, I, I've grown a little. And so, so when we have love for one another and we see each other by the Spirit, we have room for one another's growth. And that means Chelsea can be somebody today. She can manifest something today that she wasn't manifesting a year ago. And we're okay with that because I don't have her in a box for my comfort. You know, rather than I'm like, I'm a, I was actually expecting that. I was waiting for, I saw that in you. I, I knew that was coming. And, and so, and I saw, so I'm prophesying now. And so just receive this. I, I saw that um, God has given us new eyes, even in the, even in this, this church body to look and see even people that you've been running with for a while and your eyes are going to pop open. You're going to go like, wow, like I've, I'm seeing something in you that I've never saw before. And, and, and it's because we're beginning to look at each other in a deeper way. And, and God is preparing us for, for what he's doing in that way. And um, because no one man show is ever going to have a, you know, it's never going to be a one person show. Like you're never going to have the kingdom with a one person show. And part of the glory of God is the people that he gives you means this. It means that it means that when you're together, when we, if you notice this, we come together, corporate worship. Like, I have the presence of God with me wherever I am. But there's something unique about the way God shows up when we come together and love each other and worship him together. What does that tell you? That means you know, the wine is in the cluster. You can, you can, you're a good grape, but man, you get a whole bunch of grapes together and you can have some wine. Some new wine. Some outpouring, right? And, and so, Father, I thank you for eyes to see. I, I thank you for those that um, are a part of this body that maybe even aren't even here today. And, um, but, but we're all together as one. And, and um, God, I thank you that um, what you're doing is for everyone. And it's, and it's not just for the church. Uh, God, God doesn't have a plan um, for Christians. He has a, he has a plan for people. And, and that plan is that everyone's Christians. We know that. But everyone follows Jesus. But God doesn't just have a plan for the church. He has a plan for Weaverville. 
He's got a plan for, for Trinity County. He's got a plan for California. He's got a plan for the nation. He's got a plan for the earth. And it's, a, it's an outpouring of his spirit. And so if you just stand up today, I'm going to pray for you and hand it over. And, um, so, Father, I thank you that the kingdom is within us. And, and I thank you, Father, that, that um, we, we don't have to wait to release it, that there's an increase. And I, I just call forth to that, that, bubbling, that bubbling spring inside of you to bubble up today. And, um, and I saw just a refreshing. Uh, I saw that today some people just, um, the love of God wants to come and refresh you. And, um, and, Father, we just call in those just like the ones that are coming in, walking in. And I thank you that the days ahead, Lord, that there will be many just walking in, and surrendering to you. And, um, and I thank you that though, you know, um, I'm just so thankful for this, you guys. I don't want to talk to, I don't want to make it sound like a prayer if I'm talking to you. That, um, that one thing I know is that when they come in, they're walking into a body of believers that just absorbs them. Like, that's one thing I noticed from the first day we ever stepped foot in here. I'm like, man, you just feel like loved and and fold it in right away. And I'm like, that is the recipe for making great disciples. Yeah. It's not always about classes. It's about living life together. And, and so, so, Father, I thank you for the days ahead. I thank you that the kingdom is within us. I, I thank you, Father. Um, and I even see that some people have been, there's been waiting. Uh, maybe waiting in your personal life. You've got something burning in your heart. And you're like, how long? How long? And, and, um, but I saw that the Lord is saying, now. Now is the time. And, and, um, and so I thank you. And I even see the Lord just reigniting embers inside of people, just breathing on embers and causing a flame. And what it is, it's a flame of purpose. It's a flame of purpose that says, no, I, I want to, there is that thing. And I, I, I thought that word had expired. And I thought that that purpose on my life had expired. But, but no, no, there's a fresh flame. It's burning hot. And so I just say, feel like the Lord is saying, hey, permission to dream. You're best when you're alive and, and when you're dreaming with me. And so um, thank you, Father. Thank you in Jesus' name. I'm going to step out on a limb before I hand this to I, I almost didn't do this, but I got to. Uh, is there Jane Jones? Is there, does anybody know that a name like that? Jane Jones or Jones Jane Jane Jones no anybody cool I had to check it Been going, there's like a there's such an increase of word of knowledge I'm like man I gotta step out sometimes what about April 14th is that a date that that means something significant to to anybody okay Denise it's your dad's birthday and then it's your brother's birthday. Huh. Well, I don't know what that's about, but. Um, yeah, but we just bless those two men and um, and uh, father, I pray that they they would each have a thriving season with you of first love, first love. I thank you that you're awakening first love. Yeah. In our lives in Jesus name. Amen. Thank you guys so much. Bless you.